Hello and welcome to the Flix Forum podcast, where each episode we go back and look at a Netflix original film in the order of release. Today, we are discussing Netflix's 79th film. It's the 2018 sports drama Amateur. It's directed by Ryan Koo and it stars Michael Rainey Jr. I'm Jesse and as usual, I'm here with my co-host MJ. How are you, mate? Good. How are you? Good. Good. Are you still only with one car? One. one. Yep. Just the one. Did you do that because I brought that up at the end of last week? I'm or... just going to stick with what I said last week. All That's right. All. I just want to stick with the one. All right. All right. It's one character story. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's what I'm going to sell it as anyway. All right. Well, that's almost a good segue. Jesse. Yes. We start all of our episodes with our fast flicks, which is a short summary of the of the film. I've never actually done this introduction, so I don't know <laughs> if there's certain things I should or shouldn't say. You're doing a good job. Um, Jesse, what was your fast flicks for amateur? <sighs> okay. Put me on the spot here. I was, I was waiting, <laughs> waiting, waiting to hear what you, you had to say. <laughs> I was going to be like, oh, whatever MJ said. <laughs> So I've said that uh, this is this is a kid who dreams of playing basketball, but he's got to deal with the systems in play that are often not always made to support young athletes. Nice. That's yeah. How about you? Yeah, well, I've gone with a story focused on the imperfections around the rules of amateur high school sports stars in the US. Yeah. I think we're going to have a good chat about this. You and me both have an interest in sports, um, particularly basketball. Correct. Um, and this film really nicely explores something that. I didn't know the film was going down this path, to be honest. I, mm. I'm sure it's obvious if you actually really looked into the film, but I, I try not to know much when I go into it. Yeah. And when it started going there, I was like, oh, this is interesting that they're actually going down this angle as opposed to like poverty-stricken family or, you know, is he going to make it in the big league? It's like, no, this is talking about how amateur sports... You, you I couldn't have said it any better. So maybe it worked <laughs> you going second. That was, that was good. So... Uh, we have a look at what we learned about a film, any sort of history or development or anything like that. What a, this is this is an interesting one. Well said. This is an interesting one. What like well so this so this is sort of like a love project of the director Ryan Koo, mm. and uh, he started crowdfunding for this project, which was titled Manchild back yep. in the day. Uh, started in 2011. Not a good name. Not a great name. Nah. No, no. Uh, so started back in 2011, and there was a short prequel that he made to this Manchild, which he titled Amateur. Um, and did he make that prequel? To put on his sort of crowdfunding page to be like, this is the progress so far, guys. Stick with yeah, me. This is this is the, the sort of story that we want to tell. This yeah. is the type of character we're gonna we're gonna yeah. tell. And um, then Netflix uh, picked it up. I guess I think it was in 2016. I think mm. January. Um, and prior to them picking it up, uh, he had changed the the official like feature to amateur as well. Yep. Um, and yeah, and then Netflix was like, yeah, we'll come distribute it. So they, and they I think they basically finance it as well. So he. Yeah. He pledged a goal of $115,000. I think... Oh, sorry. He, he requested a goal, however you say it, on, on Kickstarter. And there was $125,000 pledged. So he made more than he needed. But that obviously wasn't the budget of the film. So Netflix did come in on top of that and um, and financed the film and obviously distributed as well. Yeah, so there, there were 2,336 people that helped with that Kickstarter okay. um, program. and. The only reason I got that was because I watched the short film. Did you watch no, it? No, I didn't. I knew you would. Yeah. So yeah, I, I got on board and I, I struggled to sort of uh, have a look, try and work out where it was. Yeah. Wasn't on Letterboxd. I added oh. my first film to Letterboxd. Is that right? <laughs> so I, I've, I've added my first um, film. I've, I've worked out how to add films to Letterboxd. Is it's, that it's like a lengthy process. <laughs> get approved by Letterboxd or something? No. So Letterboxd, uh, they draw all their data from the movie database. So I had to create an account on the movie database and then... They give you like a percentage rating based on how much information you input. Yeah. So 
luckily enough, it, the short film was on IMDb. It was. So a lot of the yeah. a lot of the data was on IMDb, and I was able to just bring that across. Yeah. Uh, and I put it up, and then you know, within twenty four hours of me adding this thing, there's someone's like, oh, I can't believe this wasn't on Letterboxd already. And I was like, oh, I added it. <laughs> so I wrote back to the guy. I just thought no! it was a, this was just a cool little experience for me to, to be like, oh, I, I know how to do this now. Where did that person write that? So um, they wrote a they wrote a review. Review, that was yeah, part so of it. So they gave it stars, gave it a review and said, I can't believe no one's, this isn't on Letterboxd. I'm like, oh, oh, I put it on there. So I, I, feel, I feel like a little bit of a connection to this film. That's cool. Ryan Koo will be impressed with you. I hope so. And it rhymes. Yeah, it does. So... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, the, sh- the short film, like, it's a little bit different in that, but it- it's still got the same sort of message. So it's literally that there's a kid mm. who wants to, um, so he plays dumb to sort of like this um, coach that comes to try and-, and get him on his team. So mm-hmm. he plays dumb, like, I'm from poverty, I've got no money, mm. parents can't pick me up, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I'm going to spoil this short film if you haven't seen it, so... <laughs> But, uh, good point, actually. Yeah, good point. But you know what? We're going to spoil the feature film the feature as well film at some well. point. So yeah. And then literally the last shot of this short film is um, the kid's parents rock up in a nice car. He's got a smartphone, oh. so he sort of like jinxed this guy. He gave him like cash, gave him an offer, and he's like, "I don't need that money, but thank you." Oh wow! So That's, yeah, quite yeah, a different. Quite take. yeah. So that, that was cool. I think it was meant to function as something that Ryan needed strategically to sort of get himself through the film. So it was like a companion piece for himself more yeah. than anything else. Yeah, very good. So this was filmed in July to August 2016. Yep. Um, and didn't get released until April 2018 on Netflix. Mm-hmm. So a bit of a, a break in between the actual filming and the release. Yeah, that's, that's a couple of films in a row that Netflix has done that. Um, this one, unlike last week's one, wasn't released at a film festival, which is why um, we think Six Balloons was held. Yeah. I guess for this one, they were just trying to find the right spot in the slate for it. Yep. Yeah, sure. Um in the credits of the actual feature, it was supported by Sundance and Tribeca, though. I did notice yeah. that. And that's why when I, cause I, when I watched the film, I hadn't done any research on yeah. it. And I was surprised to know that there was there was no film festival for it. Yeah, yeah. which I thought was interesting, too. What else have you got about the, the film? Uh, not so much. I think we'll talk about Ryan Koo when we talk about the director a little bit later, because he's a fascinating dude. Mm. Um, very keen to... To follow him just in general, just see not even just in film, he's just an interesting guy. The a lot of those Kickstarter videos that he he put up to start getting the ball rolling, like mm. you can still view them. Yeah, and I, yeah, I, I saw yeah, that yeah. some that are over an hour, and I was like, oh, I don't have time to sit and watch Real these. Yeah, it's cool the project, he's to it, yeah. Um, so it was filmed in Denver, in Colorado. Um, a lot of the basketball game scenes were filmed at the Denver South High School in Denver, mm-hmm. which. Um, has that real kind of street feel to it, which the film's called Amateur, so mm. you can understand that. Um, not much else from me, though. Well, so the it's really funny because the, the the ideas of this film is about this amateur kid and and the rules around like the NCAA and, and things like that. So even in making this film, uh, Koo had like a lot of issues and trouble in trying to cast someone because he wanted someone who could play basketball. But if they got paid for being in a film, they lose their eligibility to be oh, in the NCAA sh- as well. So, um, so if they were too good, they wouldn't have been interested. Yeah. So oh man, that's awesome. So it, it was, <laughs> so he spoke a little bit in a couple of interviews about you know it was so too tough that we needed to find this kid that yeah we he didn't want to actually apply himself to to take basketball professionally because if he did then he by being in this movie he gives He's up no that longer. opportunity. Wow. And the other issue he had was obviously this kid who plays... Um, That's a grey area. I don't yeah. know. I'm, I'm confused about that because he's getting paid to act, not to play basketball. Surely there's a way around that. 
You'd think so, wouldn't you? Because um, if you're a good basketballer, right, and you don't want to lose your amateur status, and then you star in a film that has nothing to do with basketball, that's fine, yeah? Or is I, it not? I don't know. That's yeah. a great... Who knows? Like, is it that they can't be paid for anything at all? I don't know. Like, are they not allowed okay. a part-time job? Who knows? Okay, well, yeah. But yeah, yeah. It, was, it was quite interesting. And the other issue was that, obviously... Um, is a minor, so they had to work around that eight-hour day. So a lot of the the issues with filming, like they had a lot of night, night teams, scenes. So yeah. they'd often he'd said that you know they'd pick up, they'd start at midday, so they could film through to about eight pm, um, just so they could get. It was a hard shoot because they're just shooting the day scenes and then dusk's coming. And you saw that in the film a lot. There's yeah, a lot yeah, of scenes yeah. at dusk because they're just trying to push through to get some night scenes too. That's a good point. Hey, like he's done that really well with that. Um with that roadblock because one thing I did note is the basketball in this film is good it's mm. not it's not cheated it's not like High School Musical where you're like well these guys have never thrown a basketball yeah. in their lives it's well thought out even the plays that they draw up are like proper plays guys are setting screens it's it's good decent basketball which which you can be in films you can sort of let that go sometimes but some of the execution of some of the things I have little concerns with okay. but I, I do agree that I they, it, they put the time and effort in to actually make it feel like it was a real yeah movie. I appreciated that and and look the kid who um, played Tehran was, was talented so mm. hopefully he hasn't kissed away a good College career, career. Yeah. consensus for come this one come play in Australia you can come play in Australia the consensus for this one what have you got it's what? not bad I kind of wished it was a little bit higher but it's a it's a 5.9 out of 10 on IMDb, which is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, just over 3,000 ratings on that one. Mm-hmm. And it's a 2.8 out of 5 on Letterboxd, which is a little bit lower, but not much. Um, just over, or just under 1,100 ratings on that. So it's a small, small kind of rating sample, but enough to get an idea, idea. of what people thought of it. This is so our Google users, 96% of people like this one. Which is high, back up to the high range. We've said that we think that Google users' ratings are if you type it in, it gives you a chance chance to like like it or not like it. Um, And they're all generally very high. Yes. But that's higher than normal. It is higher than normal. Rotten Tomatoes, no consensus, not enough reviews. Okay. Only five reviews. That's small. Uh, 60%. Okay, so three of them liked it. Yeah. And the audience for Rotten Tomatoes, only just over 100 people had got on there, and it was at 68%. So a little bit higher than the critics. Yeah. But again, Rotten Tomatoes, very small sample size, hard to get a good gauge on it. Yeah. Did Pick. you? I had a Netflix percentage match for this uh, one. mate. So, no, I didn't. <laughs> you didn't? Oh. Um, it's a couple in a row now, and I'm getting annoyed. Yeah. Did but, you add it to your list and then see if it changed? Yes, I did. did. Nothing so, that's, that's the thing. I saw the day before I was going to watch it yeah. that I didn't have a match. Yep. So, I put it in my watch list, yep. came back, yep. and then it still didn't have a... Okay. Because I, I... Well, we, thanks we for did, testing We did out. chat about <laughs> that last week. We did. Um, hopefully, I just get bloody matches now. I, I don't know why it's sort of stopped. I had 65% for this one, That's which is probably one of the lower ones I've had. You're in a bit of form with your percentage matches. You've mm. had some high ones recently. Yeah, so 65, a little bit low, a little bit low. Okay. I think it's time for it's a good segue. Yeah, it is a good segue to give out early thoughts. MJ, what, what are your thoughts on this one? I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Um, I, I probably enjoyed it on, on two levels. So I liked the dedication to telling a story around amateur sports and exploring the rights and the wrongs and the whys and the why nots of how this NCAA process is structured. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also like the character story of Tehran and the emotional connection that that story built with me as well. So um, two thumbs up. Like I enjoyed, enjoyed it for two different reasons. Um, the first reason, obviously being a sports fan and interested in that side of thing. Yeah. I can understand how people wouldn't find that interesting, but... Um, it still ticked another box as well. So if you're not a sports fan, I still think there's enough there for you. Well, yeah. What about I, you, mate? Yeah, I, I kind of agree. The 
the execution of some of the things are things that I feel like I'm starting to get um, anno- not annoyed, but like used to with Netflix films at okay. times, yep. where they're the lower sort of budget ones, often first time yep. directors. Um, directors. But like like you said, like I think I think I sort of overcame those things to to enjoy this enough. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a decent film. It's it's worth watching. Yeah. Have you seen the movie Concussion with Will Smith? I haven't. No. It's um it's so boring and it's so dry. But if you if you really like sports and particularly if you really like NFL, there's a, there's a good movie and a good story in there because obviously it explores the issues of all the concussions and yeah. it's based on a true story um, that have happened. And I remember watching it uh, with a whole bunch of people and me being like, that was all right. I found that kind of interesting. And everyone was like, was like that was the slowest thing I've ever seen. So the story of um, amateur sports in the US and the rules around it can be a pretty... Dry, dry kind of story yeah. so that's why I kind of sit there and go he's done a pretty good job at telling this story that I find interesting um, and you've got like complete opposites too like you think about draft day with um, Kevin, Kevin Costner. Costner like and that's that's exciting the whole way pretty much almost <laughs> like it's again like if you don't like sport you will hate that movie yeah and like we're both actually big fantasy sports fans as well I know that's got nothing to do with fantasy but the whole idea of building a roster and yeah. oh, it's like it's like sport porn like <laughs> I, I watch draft day at least once a year I reckon alright time to talk about some characters that's a good Chadwick Boseman performance <laughs> he's always going to be Vontae Mack not Black Panther <laughs> we, I think we both like draft day <laughs> we'll put it out there I think we, we both like draft day like alright let's talk about some characters we're going to start with Tyrone. We're going to start with Tyrone. Because Tyrone's the only actor that I um Yeah, you're the only in, name. In our start. Stiff. <laughs> There's a few people that are a bit stiff there, but... <laughs> I, I think that uh, they do a good job straight away in this film of making sure as the audience, you know he's good at basketball. And they do this with, you know, he starts off with his street game with this bunch of kids and they're all just like, just hurry up and finish the game. But yeah, he right. just wants to keep playing because he just loves the sport yeah. so much. And keeps pantsing everyone. Yeah. <laughs> And the other thing that I sort of connected with him really well was his love and care for his mum and dad. Mm. Uh, you know, he, he wants to provide for them. He wants yep. to get him a house. He wants to get him a pool. Um, he gets his dad a job on the team. Like, I just really, I think I like those qualities in him that you didn't really see him throw a tantrum. You didn't see him get upset when he gets picked on. Like, he just throughout was a, a steady sort of character that was able to sort of overcome what he could. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Um it's it's really easy to forget that he is just a kid because mm. his his reasons for playing basketball are so pure. A, as you mentioned, he loves the game, and B, he wants to make a career out of it because he wants to help his family mm. for no other reason. Yeah. And it, it's it's sincere uh, the way he feels in that sense. But it's it's also sad that he has to grow up so quickly. And like you said, he doesn't throw a tantrum. He gets picked on, and he just goes on with it. Yep. He trains his ass off. 14-year-old kids, like, I want to say they aren't doing this, but you know what? The special talents, they probably are doing this because that's yeah. what it's all about. Um, but yeah, I think you, you you nailed that. You're bang on. So I've got his dad to talk about next, Byron. Yeah. Interesting character. Tricky character. What, what do you find tricky about him? Because I understand his position. Mm-hmm. Um, he makes a lot of mistakes. In fact, he's basically the villain in this film. One of the villains in this film. But... I get it because he got screwed over when he had his own time um, and he's not one to trust authorities because of that reason. So he mentions that he never got paid a dime for all the sport that he played because he got screwed over by managers and all this kind of stuff. Um, 
but then there's a side of things that you like you are not doing the right thing for your son even though you can understand why he, he thinks he is doing the right yeah. thing for his son so that's why I found him complicated yeah I agree in I, a good way yeah because I don't think that they purposely put him out as this character that um, was dead set just motivated on the Making the financial the financial successes that could be could be there they yeah. you know they, they put him out as he wants his son to be successful um and they, you know, they show he's always motivated by how many online likes he gets with his yep. videos and having a go about him not taking the final shot in a game. But then they show that sort of other side of him too, where there's obviously this this pain that he feels from his career with the concussion, with the breakdown of the relationship with his wife. Yeah. So it, it wasn't just yeah, there was the more fact that he can't get a job. Yeah, it was good that there was more to him than just this dad that wants his son to achieve. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then I think that's what made you sympathise with him more than you otherwise would have, because you've got T who's playing good basketball in a in his in, and he's got a good role in this team. And then that game where he passes off the last shot sure. and they win the game. And then you see the dad come up saying, you should take that shot. You should be the star kind yeah. of thing. And, and you can sit there and go, oh, this is just a classic dad who wants his yeah. son to be the man. But you, rather than actually thinking that, you can sit there and go, well, hang on. He's he's being really selfish for his son because no one was selfish for him. him yeah. He did all the things that everyone told him to do and it didn't work out. Yeah, so I, I get it. I get it. Even though I wouldn't do it myself. And I know you're supposed to look at that and go, oh, come on, mate. Let him, let him play the system. But... They, they make you sympathize with him. And it's almost a good segue into the mum. Yeah. Um, Nia, I think her name was. Nia, yeah. Nia, yeah. Like, she's the parent. They're like polar opposites in in the way that they're parenting. Like, she's focused yeah. on the academics. Yeah. And I think they that worked well. They, you had this these conflicting parents and the way that they were trying to parent their child. I thought that was that was, that was good. Um, they gave them good reasons yeah. though, as well. She was interested in the academics because... Her father, the father, didn't get a chance to rely on that. Hundred percent. She just didn't want him to end up like injured without a career. Yeah, and I felt that. Yeah, no, absolutely. One thing that confused me with her, um, because you could argue that she was smart, sensical, wise, but why did it take so long for her to? uh, My 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 theory is that she was just overpowered by the the dad and the son's drive and will. but I feel like she could have made better decisions for him prior to this getting to this point. Because um, at the end, it got so convenient. So like, what do you know for school? It's like, oh, you're a great teacher. Why don't you Why just tutor me? Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's convenient. But <laughs> um, I just, yeah. Because she felt like a strong character and she felt always in control. And the dad who, who seemed, you know, really... Struggling. He was, he was struggling, struggling, but he was dangerous in the sense that you never know what he's going to do good, next. Yeah. And, and she was so stable. So I was just a little bit un- like she- they had this diamond in the rough there the whole time that they didn't quite, didn't quite use, yeah. and then they used it when they needed it. So that was a little bit convenient for me. Fair. Um, it's a good way to like sort of put an end to the film where you've got the kid actually. Well, that's the thing. At the end, when he's saying this, I'm just like, yeah, but they still got nothing about education. Yeah. So then they kind of touched, touched on it. On it so yeah. you're like, oh, everyone's happy. <laughs> Who have you got next? Well, Coach Gaines. Good. Same. I, I I thought this was a really good character. Yeah. Like I I was just so intrigued by Coach Gaines because. I was always sus on him, but then he slowly dips into making these good decisions for T and you get swayed and you think, yeah, but he's, he's tough. He's being dodgy, but this is good. This is good that he's staying out there training with him. This is good that he's letting him run point. You know, this is good that he's letting him run plays and, and counting down the clock. He does all these little good things, but then, you know, something's not right. Um, and I don't think the finale, uh, of 
of you discovering the dodgy deal that's gone on the side. Because yeah. when we find that out, did you have an inkling of that? Because I didn't. No. That worked so well because this whole film, I was like, man, something's off. I don't know what it is, but something's off. And then when that happened, I was like, well, this makes total sense for this character. This makes sense for the father's character. Mm. This is brilliant. It was such a clean, perfect payoff. And I don't think it works if you don't make Coach Gaines such a complicated character in the first place. Yep. I, I agree. Like, I think you said dodgy. I think that was, that was one of the words. And I think that that, that sums it up. Like, you have that overall sense of him being dodgy throughout. But I never, like, I never thought that he didn't truly want the right thing by the kids that's, that he was with. That's the thing. Like, yeah. and, and, and he makes this call at the end where he says, you know, he, uh, you have to do dodgy things or you can't compete with these other bigger schools. So I get that. That's the thing. Yeah. They make you understand where he's coming yeah. from. And again, similar to the dad, you might not agree with the ethics behind it, but you get it and you know why he's doing it. Because yeah. he's never, you never think he's a bad dude. Like when he, when they first rock up at that house and it's like this dodgy, dodgy. house, yeah, like, like, who is this little yeah. pedo guy? Like, yeah. <laughs> um, and I was really worried, but then he does these things. He's like, he's not a bad dude. And yeah, again, I, mean, I kind of like his, his payoff at yeah. the end. Like, yeah. Agree. All right. They're complicated characters, but good, good complicated characters. Well, I want to talk next about Anton because this is probably one of the characters that I like the least. Yep. Uh, he's the character that you had to have a bad guy. You had to have a bad guy on the team that was going to create this conflict. Um, and you knew that he was going to turn around at some stage. Didn't know how it was going to happen. Didn't know why it was going to happen. But, you know, he drops that line or, you know... Um, you replace my best mate on the team. Yeah, and, that was good to know. And then you see Tyrone sort of go out of his way to be like, look, coach is hiding these letters from us. Yeah. So that sort of rebuilt, rebuilt it. But apart from that, it was just one of those characters that created obstacles for Tyrone. That's how I... That's we've seen it. that character a million times. <laughs> in fact, we've seen it in this podcast yeah. with, with similar films. Um, first Match comes to mind. Um, and also, what was that other film? Uh, Burning Sands. Sands. Had these characters who were like, just dicks for the sake of being dicks but then they won them over and then they became allies. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you're right. Maybe that was uh, Ryan Koo's way of being like, I got to make it a little bit like yeah. uh, accessible for people. <laughs> I Anton was, yeah, nothing yeah. to me. The only other one I've got is um, Petrus. I just thought that he was an important character. He's the big European <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, player because he was the sort of the first person to reach out a hand to him. Uh, and without that, that sort of you know Teron really needed that at that stage to sort of have someone welcome him into that house and into that team so mm. I just put him down because I really thought that, that was a, a good narrative device to to make sure that he stayed there and didn't go back home to mum true yeah there were a bunch of misfits even though Petrus was probably a really bad role model <laughs> and a bad three point shooter <laughs> <laughs> you ever wonder why they let you shoot three uh, I'm, a, I'm a shooter coach yeah, yeah you're a shooter you don't get it in though yeah uh, <laughs> uh, any other characters? Nah, no. I think we've covered. So yeah. Ryan Koo, first feature. That's about all I know of it. Like, yeah. Well, so he, so this guy, um, I've I've gone blank now. I feel like he started. He got a job as a designer at MTV, uh, like graphic designer at MTV. Never done a graphic designs course. Spent twenty five dollars on a Photoshop course whilst he was on the way to starting his job there. Yeah. Ended up like rising the ranks there. He says he's working with these people that had like. You know, thousands of dollar degrees behind him and he had his $25 <laughs> Photoshop thing. Um, he opened a website called and founded the website No Film School, which... I love No Film School. No well, there you school. go. So he, They also have a very good podcast um, if you wanted to listen to them. Did you know Ryan Koo was No Film School? Um, a lot of the articles I read about him were on No Film School. So oh, there you go. I didn't know it, but now it makes sense, yeah. So he founded that oh, wow. website. That's amazing. Again, never went to film school, yep. but he just... 
and he says he just he just likes to whatever he wants to do rather than sitting in a classroom and learning about it he likes to just jump in okay. and fail fast and all that kind of stuff but so he's just a fascinating dude just yeah. just follows his interests and he's dedicated hard working just I'm, I'm really I was really interested in finding out more about him but yeah this is obviously his first feature film it's cool what do you think of the cast I mean to me they're it was okay. They all played their roles. They fine. worked. Yeah. No, the cast, worked. the cast worked for this. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Scene time. Let's talk about some scenes that we liked and some ones that we didn't like as much. Start us off with the ones that stood out for you. Um, I, I thought this film started quite slow. It took me a while to get into it. Um, and the first little bit of me getting into the characters was when Tehran put Anton's bag back in the van. And, that, and you kind of mentioned how he was didn't take shit from anyone yep. that really showed the the power switch of just like you know what you can do whatever you want to me I'm not gonna I'm not gonna back down I'm just gonna come out here and play ball so I like that um, there's a line here from the coach and again this is when I started to get into the amateur sports side of things and yeah. that, that angle was when he said we play for the brands they're the only ones who are gonna be paying who are gonna be paying us the most and I was like shit you know what good point yeah like, if you think of like the top professional athletes that you know you know what brand sponsors them or what, oh, what yeah. brand so it, it's perfect it rolls exactly into what they're saying exactly right and I know, but I wasn't thinking it was going down that angle at that time and I thought okay cool, cool nice you're, you're very right um, I mentioned this before but they tied it together really well when you discover those dodgy tactics to get T to play there yeah. everything that felt off made sense um, you know, where he's filming his dad and yeah. coach having that conversation I just had this almost epiphanous moment I was just like well done everything just came together yeah. and I, I like that when it happens in a film um, and there's two moments near the end of the film so when he wants to go back to play with his original high school yeah. and just the idea of him sorry you can't play and he's like bugger it you can forfeit and I'll play anyway and then they have that more red tape of sorry you can't use the gym oh, or yeah. the refs <laughs> And it's just it's just symbolic of this entire system of however you want to try and get around it. There's going to be more and more red tape for you to get through, and all these guys wanted to do was play basketball, and that's what they did. They stripped it back and they played in the streets because they just wanted to play basketball, and that's what it's all about. Yeah. And that went into the very final shot of him crying, watching those kids shooting, because this is what he's given away, right? His childhood's gone, um, and he shouldn't. And I, I was really happy to see that scene because I was like, this is great. Well done. He's done so well for himself. He's got himself this contract. He's going to set himself up. But he's lost his childhood and his innocence. And I'm glad that they, they showed that and, and made you realize that he shouldn't be making these decisions at this age. Like, it's it's horrible. Yeah. When I was reading about this film, they had some issues with that scene when they were filming it. Um, I think that, you know, he's like, he wanted real tears. He wanted this real emotion. And I think they, they filmed the shot and like, it didn't record or something. So they had to like do it again. But like, he was just so happy that he was able to get that emotion oh, from him. They know? got it. It was yeah, so it was good. good. It was so pure. And the film, the film goes up a level because of it. Cause you're like, thank you for recognizing. This is great what he's done. And a Hollywood story would just end him probably playing in Europe with yeah. like, you know, bling around his neck and like, yeah, you made it. But, Latvia. <laughs> <laughs> but this guy, like it, it took so much out of him. Like poor bastard. So nice. loved it. Good little bunch of scenes. Yeah. So the first sort of thing that I really enjoyed in this was the way that they visualized his dyscalculia. I just oh, yeah. thought like yeah, in the classroom straight up the chalkboard straight up. I was like, hang on. Is this, <laughs> is my, is it buffering? Is Netflix <laughs> buffering? And I was like, no, okay. Something's going on in here. And then, you know, for they, a low budget film yeah and then they, they play that through with the shot clock and the scoreboard mm. um, you know giving him this huge playbook that he was never he was never going to be able to, to mm. get the numbers and that sort yeah. of stuff in there so I just liked the way that um, 
not only did you have this kid who was strong-minded, willing to chase his dreams for sport, you know, it sort of shows that not everyone's perfect anyway. Like you, you can push oh, what through. A you can it's push through these barrier. barriers, which I really liked. I thought that was how you dealt with everything else. He's like, oh, I find a way. It's like, yeah, find a way. Yeah, definitely. So my second scene that uh, I really liked was there's a scene where the coach and Teron stay back after the game, uh, which was really nice. Where you sort of just see these two sort of work together and, and build this sort of relationship that you can see going forward. And you know, even though the coach is like, there's mm-hmm. you know these rules that I can't. Um, you know, I, I can't Can keep you back, but he's yeah. like, no, nah, let's do it. And I really like that he actually stayed back with him. I like that, that scene really nice. too. Um, and my final one, you said this scene before, I just didn't want to interrupt your um, <laughs> your awesome little uh, summary, but when um, Teron sort of like stands up and says, I'm not carrying your bags, puts him back in the van yeah. and Anton couldn't start that game. Yeah. I really like that. And then he got the star. I forgot that. He actually yeah, got, he got the start, start. Yeah. and he started well. What he did he get the first three? He did, and then the he, first five points. So he, he did that he, move. He did that move that they practiced in that yeah. scene I like before. And then... Um, he shot this three in face of, of Anton just yeah, sitting there on the bench. That was nice cool. move as well. Like, this kid was a good basketballer. He was. All right, what were some things that didn't stand out for you that you didn't like? Well, there's not much. Like, I liked this film, um, and there wasn't much that I was sitting there going, oh, that didn't really work. But one thing, and this is more of a basketball thing, is the drill they were doing so close to the tournament where the big guy <laughs> injured his knee or whatever, as if you were doing that drill so close to the tournament. Uh, it, was... Like, it was so obvious, and that like really frustrated me too. Like... There's no way that as a coach that you're going to do like these jumping on ball drills. If like, they wanted to injure him, they could have easily made him just land bad from a rebound or something. Because um, now I'm, I'm led to believe that Coach Gaines isn't the best basketball coach because <laughs> he's running these ridiculous drills. He's got no idea. No idea. All right. Um, anything else? No, that's all for me. Okay. So things that, you know, I mentioned earlier that some of the basketball games, like I, I liked the dedication they put towards like the plays and things like that. But some of the the... The movements of the players are a little bit silly for me, like dives from the defense and things like that. So that that sort of you mean like early on, early when on. they were at high school, yeah, like the slow mo, yeah, school. the slow mo yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. shots. I get the dramatic purpose, yeah, but yeah, but yeah, that sort of. I think they got yeah. better once he got started playing properly. For yeah, whatever. I can't remember what they call. There's it. one later on which we'll talk okay. about, but yeah, um, <laughs> that Uncle Byron dude, the dude who's just there doing the dodgy phones and things like that. I thought for the performances of the cast. He was like he was pretty ordinary. <laughs> yeah, true. Nah. When he first introduces himself, I'm just like, couldn't they have got someone who could at least deliver a line? Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I bet you those guys exist a lot in that circuit, though. Yeah. Well, we mentioned um, Petrus before about <laughs> not being able to shoot, and it's just one scene where you know he, he takes that shot and he's like, you know, come on, coach. They call me the microwave because I get hot, and the coach's response was, "They call you that because you're giving me cancer." <laughs> <laughs> forgot about that I just thought that was a pretty ordinary line <laughs> I tell you what if you thought of that on the spot though like yeah. if that was a genuine sledge, sledge. I'm giving that bad. a tick yeah. like get to think of that so quickly uh, the the last thing that and this sort of plays in with some of the the scenes of the actual games was when the mum sort of shows him like how to tell the difference between his left and right with oh, the yeah. holding the L up of his finger to show where his left was I feel like if he's so good at basketball, some coach would have shown him at some stage the diff- like what that L like yeah. at some stage. But he hadn't had to run plays really until then. True. So it'll be a tiresome process every single time you're playing, every single play you're trying to set up. Work out what's your left and right. But he did have he had dyscalculia, he didn't have like um spatial awareness. But he said he had issues with left and right. Left and right, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that was that was all that yeah, I don't know sort anything of, about yeah. dyscalculia. So. Alright, so Time for us to talk about what this movie was saying. What were some of the things that it was saying? 
Well, the, my favorite thing was it was a literal commentary on the amateur sports rules in America. Yeah. Um, and this exists outside of basketball, right? It's or is it just? No, I'm pretty much saying I think it's, general, it's NCAA because yeah. they cover football. They cover um, yeah. Yeah, and obviously I didn't look into this properly, but this affected LeBron James back when he was in high school that. He inadvertently, you know, I don't know, got a pair of sneakers or something, and then they banned him from his high school team for a for a period, and they eventually challenged it and got him back. Okay. So there's a documentary more than a game, which is really good about his yeah, high school. I can picture the poster; it's green with him going. It's exactly for a dunk. what it is. Yeah, we used to watch it before we had footy finals to try and pump us up <laughs> back in the day. Yeah, um, but yeah, I, I found it a, a brave conversation to have in a mainstream world because. It's not going to sell films, you wouldn't think, but mm. I think they combined it really well. Yeah, it's that that whole idea of education versus profit as well. Like um, they make this comment, you know, we're, we're getting our diversity quotas for this school, so it, you know, it's all these. It's not just the, you know, the NCAA and being able to play, but it's about schools as well getting funding and that's it. And, and all these kids, these kids are they get nothing out of it, and it's all other people making money off them. That's the thing, that's and the, they're they're the reason yeah. why the program is successful. So. And they, these kids are vulnerable. Like you know, they're, they're, like you mentioned before about the brands, like agents use kids to get these brands on board, and um, yeah, it's just it's so hard to believe that at this day and age that we're still having this conversation, and it's still you know, it's still current. I mean, I just try and think about you know Australia for a second. It's 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 not as black and white. Um, I don't I, to be honest, I don't even necessarily know the rules. But obviously, you don't get you don't get paid to play at high school level, no. um, but. I don't know what rules there are about endorsements. True. So, yeah. It's such a hard one. Like, what's. If you've got this suit, like Zion Williamson, for example, what's wrong with him wearing a brand to, like a year ago of, of sneakers that. Well, he had that blowout in his. his yeah. Well, is, is it the NCAA? They have like an exclusive agreement with Nike. I, I, they've got an exclusive agreement with someone. So that's probably more to Part do with it as well, yeah. That they're trying to protect their image yeah. too. Um, the, I like too that, that they didn't do it. Like it wasn't in your face, but Teron was walking around with the, his phone the whole time, and that was sort of his downfall at the end. And this issue of mm. constantly having cameras around, everything that yeah. you're doing is being recorded, and it's true. It's just a nice little thing to think about as a society. Where are we at? Like mm. everything that we're doing is being documented for anyone to That's see. Good point. And it's and hard to go back when you you actually do that. Well, that was and that was part of the reason he signed his contract because they liked his social, social media, media following. Post. Exactly. Like, yeah, double edged sword. Good one. I like that. And there's international basketball too. There's this temptation of cash straight up. Like I can I can avoid all these rules, all these barriers, all these issues of not having a brand sponsoring me. I can go play ball overseas. And that's and you know what? You can still play good, good quality, quality basketball yeah. as well. And we saw that this year in Australia with RJ Hampton and Lamelo Ball. Ball. Yeah. They're 18, 19 years old instead of going to college, playing professional basketball, getting paid for it. And, you know, you got Terrence Ferguson for Terrence OKC Ferguson, who did yep. the same thing a couple of years ago. So, yeah, it's it's an interesting world. I went to a game, um, I went to an NBA game a few a month ago or so and Terrence Ferguson was starting for OKC yeah. in that game. And when they called him out, yeah. they're like, uh, and starting it forward... From the Brisbane Bullets, or whatever, whatever. Adelaide 36. Adelaide 30, whatever it was. I was like, hang on, who the hell is this? And they're like, oh, Terrence Ferguson. Terrence Ferguson. It's so, cool. That was funny. All right. Time to move on to what we took away from this film? Yeah. Yeah. So what are your thoughts? If you want to put it in the sports films category, which obviously is, I think it ranks okay. Um, in terms of basketball movies, I don't. it's no Coach Carter or, or Hoosiers, but it holds up. Coach Carter is... It gets a bad rap, but I love it. 
It's a good film. Um, as I said, the basketball in it's pretty good, and I think all the guys on the court seem to know what they're doing. Um, so I can imagine that what you said being a tricky way to get around it. I think a lot of them were a lot older though, yeah. So it wouldn't have mattered as much <laughs> as, as Tyrone. But I would have, I would have liked to have seen this on the big screen. Okay. I think it would have added a little bit more, um, and I would probably recommend this to basketball fans, movie fans as well. But but if you if you're into basketball and you like your like movies, movies, this yeah. is probably going to be a bit of a, a bit of a winner for you. Yeah. So I reckon this is a good one that you could, you know, any sort of kid that like thinks they can make it in professional sport, especially basketball, that. Well, they want to take a basketball pathway. This is a good film for them to watch. So true. To sort of see, okay, these are things I need to be wary of, what I need to watch out for. It's very yeah, true. Yeah. So, yeah. And you know what? Don't expect to be 14 years old and getting hundreds of thousands <laughs> of dollars from uh, from another country. Nah, you've, you've still got to work for it. Now, I, I do like that they just didn't necessarily go down the hard times, poverty-stricken family route. That was, you know, that was an element of yeah. T's story. But to your point, it's, it's universal. Mm-hmm. Whoever's going through the issues of trying to deal with an amateur sports contract or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, it it's still relevant. Agreed. So, okay, time to... We often jump onto IMDb to look up anyone that we've... I, I have a, we've had some similar ones yeah. lately and I'm worried that we're going to have the same one again. Well, I jumped on and I didn't actually have to IMDb it because as soon as Coach Gaines came on, I'm like, that's knocks over street. But I did check... Um, Josh Charles, who plays Knox Street from Dead Poet Society, but yeah. we're 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 the same again. Like I, I was like, you are so familiar. What are you from? Like I didn't, I yeah. didn't click that he was from. He's a lot love... younger Dead Poet. Yeah, Society. he was. It doesn't look much different. Like, he does The face is the same. So that was yeah. I'm exactly the same. I again. love Dead Poets, and um, it's a very good film. straight away I was like Knox Street. <laughs> okay, question time. Anything you want to ask me? Kind of alluded to this, but I'll ask you explicitly. But by the end of the film, did you forget that this kid was 14? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was even throughout the film, I probably wasn't even thinking it was. Yeah, you, you really yeah. do just no, forget it. Yeah. Isn't like, that this? Because even when he's trying to, when they have a timeout and he's basically saying, "This is what we got to do." I'm like, "This kid, he's a kid. Mm. <laughs> like, what a star!" The only thing I had for you is when they get sponsored by this team, this this brand. Did you rate like was that just made up for the film? Do you reckon? I think it was. It was. Okay, looked good. a little bit like the Under Armour logo. Yeah, I was, but I don't think it was. No, nah, okay, good. Because I, I was like, oh, am I miss? Am I out with my brands? I've got no idea. But That's what I, I thought. Yeah. I could be wrong though. Okay. You'd think if they really were, that brand would make more of an effort to be known. No, yeah. Okay, cool, good. Answered my one. I could, I could be wrong. <laughs> I could be really wrong. I believe you. Time to wrap it up. Time to wrap it up. Yeah. Time to wrap it up. So at the end of our show, we give our film a rating out of five and work out an average for the Flix Forum podcast. Yep. MJ. What do you think? Well, I was pleasantly surprised with this. After what was a slow start, um, I think it asked a lot of moral and societal questions without necessarily answering them and instead making the audience ponder it. And I enjoy that. Um, and if you're not familiar with it, then it made you aware of it. So that was cool. Yeah. The basketball scenes weren't phoned in and I think everything pulled together really nicely from a story perspective. So this is three and a half stars for me. I had in my head, I was like, I think MJ's going to give this three and a half. Good, no. Good. You, you, mate, we've done 79 yeah. <laughs> podcasts together. <laughs> You're learning. Good. Uh, I, I was just like, the start to me was a struggle too. Like, it was it was very slow to start off with, but it definitely picked up. Like, you can tell from our discussion, we had lots that we enjoyed from this. Yeah. Um, it's not overly complicated, but it does have these messages about professional sport that, you know, which is a complicated issue, but they didn't overcomplicate yeah, it through the film. Uh, and, you know, it sort of makes you think, how do we address these issues or how do they get addressed? Um, so I'm giving it a three out of five. You know what? I was thinking, <laughs> and I'm not even saying this in my head, I'm like, Jesse, you're going to give it a three. three. 
And then you started talking, I'm like, no, two and a half. No, three. <laughs> well, that gives us an average of 3.25. 3.25. That's one of the better, better ones that is a, for us. Yeah, very, very high for us. We're on social media. Mm. We have Facebook. We have Twitter. We have Instagram. Uh, we hit us up. Hit us up. Give us some feedback, your thoughts, if you hate us. You know us, what? If you, like you are from America and you're a sports fan and you're listening to this podcast and we have completely butchered things about your system, <laughs> talked about things ways that we shouldn't have, please let us know because uh, we do enjoy this stuff and we want to learn more. It's a question to pop up on social media. What's your favorite basketball movie? You've mentioned a couple already. My favorite Space Jam. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just, just deep down, I, I can't go past Space it's Jam. Movie, it's such it? a good movie. It is a good movie. Just a childhood, like, love story. I just love that film. So before we started year 12, we we went away for a night at a university. So all the year 12s, there's like 350 of us, stayed. Like, we did like these learning things of the day, stayed the night at a university and did some more learning things. And then we started school the next day. Yeah. And that night, we all got in an auditorium and watched Coach Carter <laughs> as like our like pump, pump up. <laughs> you know, here are these like poverty stricken students who were pulled together by sport. And I think that really stayed with me. And I have a valedictorian at the end of the year quoted, Stuck from Coach Carter yeah, at the end of it. Stuck so with him. I've got a nice, I've got a nice fondness for Coach Carter. I, I enjoyed. There's a Vince Carter documentary too, which I think it's called The Carter Effect, and that's okay. excellent, excellent. Yeah, okay. If you want like a a real um, doco, yeah, similar to more than more than a game, also a very yeah. good documentary about LeBron James. All right, well, we're back next week with yeah. our next film. Yeah, we might as well come back next week. Are you sure? Yeah, well, I don't want to don't want to oversell. No, it, we'll do it. We'll okay, do it. good. So next week we have the 2018 drama. It's called Come Sunday. Come Sunday. Directed by Joshua Marston. This has an excellent cast. Okay. Chiwetel Ejiofor. Did I, I think I said that Chiw- close enough. Chiwetel. Chiwetel. Jason Segel. Condola Rashad. Lakeith Stanfield. Stacey Sargent. Vondi Curtis Hall. Danny Glover. And Martin Sheen. That's a cast. This is a good cast. I'm excited for this I, one. <laughs> I didn't know what we were doing next week, but now I'm super excited for it. As you like, good chat. I like that we had a film that we agreed on. It doesn't it happens every now and then? Yeah, no, we needed that. I think it would it, the, the conversation works better in that sense. Yeah, because uh, none of us had strong feelings about anything. Like I needed, I need you sometimes to to pull <laughs> me up or pull me down in uh, some way. So all right, well, I will see you next week. You will definitely see me next week, and you will all listen to me next week. And I appreciate <laughs> your ears. Good.